From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Hey, everybody! Look at this. Uh, how many people are here for the first time at a taping? Yep. Good. Good. I like that you clapped. A couple people went for the raised hand. That's how I know you are public radio listeners. You're like, there is an answer I will answer, like I did in my academic classes. So there's going to be some jokes about Easter and uh, Passover. <laughs> I feel like with both of these holidays uh, coming up so close together, I, I feel like between not eating bread for Passover and decorating eggs for Easter, we're all going to be accidentally doing the whole 30. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Unless you're celebrating 420, in which case you're eating everything. <laughs> everything. And Easter and Passover both have little scavenger hunts for kids, but very different tones. <laughs> right? The Easter one is like, hey kids, go find some decorated eggs. They're like blue and pink and colorful. And then when you find them, you can eat them. They're chocolate. And for the Jews, it's like, hey kid, go find a dry cracker. <laughs> it's a symbol of slavery. <laughs> and when you find it, you can eat it. It should taste of our suffering. Can close the door, the ghost's already here. <laughs> uh, do you do Easter baskets? We do, yeah, we do Easter oh, baskets. I love yeah. That. I, when I was a kid, I used to uh, <laughs> I used to try to catch the Easter bunny. I used to every year I used to build a trap. No. I can't yeah. what? Well, I'll tell you one trap that I remember was <laughs> was a carrot on a string and the string was threaded through like the light fixture in the front hallway of our house. Oh my goodness. And it was just over like a brown paper shopping bag. <laughs> Do you want me to tell you how it worked? Yes. <laughs> well, the Easter bunny would come in, see the carrot, yeah. want to eat it. Sure. Jump up and grab the carrot. The extra weight of the bunny would make him fall down into the brown paper bag, which he would be unable to escape. <laughs> but apparently, I got very close to catching him because he left me a note. <gasps> and he said, Wait, you singing? almost caught me. Which, oh. ins which inspired me to try again every year. For that, a long time. That is the best. Mm. That is the best. Never got him. Uh, by the way, everyone, we are celebrating women in comedy this month on Ask Me Another. That's right. Our special guest on the show, I'm so excited, we have Retta. You know her as Dawn on Parks of Recreation, the show that asks the groundbreaking question, what if our government was dysfunctional in like a fun, cute way? <laughs> and on that show, her character originates the great catchphrase, treat yourself. Also, Retta stars on NBC's Good Girls. Yes. My favorite premise of all time, of course, is three women have to turn to the life of crime to save their families. And I gotta say, I was thinking, if I had to rob a grocery store, which one would I rob? <laughs> Trader Joe's. I think Trader Joe's would be the best bet because I think they would still be super nice to you, <laughs> even while you were robbing them. So everybody, we have four brilliant contestants. They are backstage right now munching on matzah, and soon they're going to be out here playing some nerdy games, and one of them will become our big winner. So let's play some games, everybody. Our first game is about flowers. Did you know the average couple spends $1,400 on decorative wedding flowers? Yeah, I will sit in the center of your table for 300 bucks. <laughs> Let's meet our contestants. First up, Katie Woksh. You're an accountant. Yes. Okay, so your mom's an accountant, so you followed in her footsteps. Yeah. Is your mom proud that you were also an accountant? I guess so. I think she wanted me to be like a lion tamer or something. A lion tamer? And when I was a kid, I was just like, I'm going to be anything except an accountant, because you want to do the opposite of what your parents sure. do. When I got older, I'm like, well, she has a good, like, the hours are good, the pay is good, you know, I might as well. Yeah, you're Why pragmatic, not? you're practical. Yeah. There we go. And do you like it? Is it fun? Yeah, it is fun. 
I like numbers. Numbers are fun. Numbers are fun. Yeah. All right, Katie, when you ring in, we're going to hear this. Your opponent is Erica Meyer. You manage a global health research project. You say most people aren't really sure what that means when you tell them. Yes. So I ask you, what does it mean? (laughs) Uh, Well, I like to explain public health as the systems that when they're working well, you don't necessarily know about them. Yeah. You're not sick. So right, so you wouldn't even know about your job. The water's clean, the food that you're eating has been inspected, restaurants are clean. They all got A's. Yes. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> Erica, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Katie and Erica, whoever has more points after two games will go on to our final round. This word game is called April Showers Bring Yam Flowers. In this game, you'll pretend to be florists. Jonathan and I are your customers. But at your shop, you don't just arrange flowers. You also rearrange the letters in words. Each of our requests ends with a word or phrase that's an anagram of a flower. For example, if I said, I need a purple flower for my purple party, my guests will love it. You would answer violet, which is an anagram of love it. Mm-hmm. All righty? Ring to answer. Awesome. Here we go. I want a red flower for my crush, but I can't kiss her because I have a cold sore. Katie. Rose? Rose is correct. Yeah. It's always good to start off a show with a herpes simplex mm-hmm. one. <laughs> Makes everyone question. feel comfortable. Exactly. I need a tall yellow flower for my friend who's taking a break from her day job at a hospital to perform at a rap show. She's got... Nurse flow. (laughs) Katie. Sunflower. Yeah, that's correct. I got it. Yeah. (laughs) Go, Ohio State. For my game day party, I want something that looks like sunflowers, but smaller. I'll be wearing my OSU t-shirt and Buckeye sandals. Erica. Black-eyed Susan. Yes. Nice. Do you sell weeds? I'm throwing a party for my father to launch his new lawn care website, Online Dad. Erica. Dandelion. Yeah, you got it. I love the lawn care website, Online Dad. That is just (laughs) porn of dad bods with lawnmowers, trimming uh, hedges, mowing lawns. If OnlineDad.com is not already taken, I'm going to register it tonight. (laughs) This is your last clue. Does he love me? Does he love me not? I need to pull petals off of this flower to find out. I wish my crush would stop worrying about his superego. What does his id say? Erica. Daisy. You are correct. Yes. Great game. Erica is in the lead. Our next game is inspired by historical biopics. You know what? I love when someone pronounces biopic biopic. <laughs> like, it sounds like something you experiment with in college. Like, I dabbled with being biopic. <laughs> <laughs> but it turns out I'm triopic. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play you a clip of an actor playing a real person. You're going to ring and identify the figure being portrayed. And if you get that right for a bonus point, you can name the actor. Erica, stay in the lead, and you are in the final round. Katie, you need to get more points, or in the biopic of your life, you'll be portrayed by Randy Quaid. <laughs> I know, real stakes. Okay, here we go. This film is from 2009. I'm going to try to flip this thing over now, which is a rather daring thing to do. <laughs> Katie. Julia Child. That is correct, Yes. For a bonus point, can you identify the actor? Meryl Streep. Yeah, that's right. This movie is from 1997. What about my Spanish? I've been singing in Spanish for 10 years. It's perfect. Katie. Selena? Yeah, that's right. And for a bonus point, can you identify the actor? Was it Jennifer Lopez? It sure was. Yeah, <laughs> great polls. Takes me back. Yeah, 1997. That was the uh, that was the last year Jennifer Lopez aged. <laughs> <laughs> 
Name the character from the movie Southside with you. Brock, you seem like a really sweet guy. But how many times do I have to tell you we're not going out together? Erica. Michelle Obama. Yeah, that's right. I love, you know, it's like a little bit, is it fictional, is it not? There's many retellings of if she refused him a whole bunch of times. Uh, But it is interesting to think that she would have never dated Barack and some other guy would have become president. (laughs) For a bonus point, can you identify the actor? I cannot. That's all right. We were looking for Tika Sumter. Yeah. Okay, sure, great. Here's your last clue. Name this singer from What's Love Got to Do With It? But we'll take the beginning of this song and do it. Easy. But then we're going to do the finish. Rough. That's the way we do. Credence Clearwater's Proud Men. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can hear people saying, "Come on." I know. But I <laughs> well, let me just so guilty. let me just re- remind you of this. It named the singer from "What's Love Got to Do with It." Does that help you at all? <laughs> I never saw that movie. It's a secondhand emotion, for God's sakes. <laughs> God's sakes isn't a lyric. Katie. Tina Turner. Yes. I got there. I got there. For a bonus point, can you identify the actor? Tina Turner, playing herself Tina Turner. Good idea, but no. Not the premise of this game. Uh, (laughs) We were looking for Angela Bassett. Oh. Yes, yes. Okay, after two games, Katie pulled ahead, and she is going to the final round. Coming up, we'll talk to the actor Retta. You know her from Parks and Rec. She currently stars in Good Girls, which is about a group of women who turn to the life of crime. I want to come clean right now and admit that as a kid, I took more than one prize when I went to see the dentist. No one ever caught me, so you know what I learned? Nothing. (laughs) I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from MailChimp. So, you want to grow your business. Now what? MailChimp's all-in-one marketing platform. That's what. It has all the marketing stuff you need all in one place so you can save time and money. And it's powered by a marketing CRM so you can collect, organize, and understand your audience data. All to help you market smarter and grow faster. Learn more at MailChimp.com. Support for NPR and the following message comes from Sir Kensington's. Introducing new ranch and vinaigrette dressings in a variety of tasty flavors made with simple quality ingredients and always non-GMO. Sir Kensington's declares all salads welcome because they believe a salad is more of an open question than a statement. Start yours with $1 off your next purchase at sirkensingtons.com slash askmeanother. Sir Kensington's, abandon all bland. Starting college can be overwhelming. Everyone from almost every background has that fear that they got in here by accident. That's scary. NPR's Life Kit is here to help make your freshman year a little easier. Listen to NPR Life Kit's new guide on college or subscribe to Life Kit All Guides for all the episodes all in one place. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. It's time to welcome our special guest. You know her as Donna from the sitcom Parks and Recreation, and she currently stars as Ruby on NBC's Good Girls. Please welcome Retta. Welcome to Ask Me Another, Retta. Thank you. Now, Retta, you were on Parks and Recreation, uh, which was... Yes, yes. (laughs) Parks and Recreation was a sitcom set in a fictional town in Indiana and follows local government municipal workers. You Mm -hmm. played Donna Meagle, Mm -hmm. the office manager. Mm -hmm. Now, you auditioned for this show. I did. But the creator, Mike Shore, said that he really got into you because of a off-the-cuff story you told about your watch? Yes, yes. 
So I um, I hate auditioning. Yeah. Um, so there was an audition. I did, you know, read from sides or whatever. And then afterwards, he just started chatting. He's like, I like your watch. And I had just gotten the watch, was super geeked on the new watch. Yeah. I had gotten it from this website, Guilt Group, but it was brand new at the time, so you had to be invited. So... I, I immediately was like, oh, my God. So I got it from Guilt Group. It's this new thing. You have to be invited. I can invite you. Give me your email. I can send it to you. And then you can order something. And it's really cheap. These are their toy watches. They're and I was like a crazy person. And, and I think he was like, she's insane. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> if my audition wasn't great, I redeemed myself with my crazy. But that's interesting you say that because it is that thing. At least you can you walk away and you're like, I was myself. Right. And that's right. what matters. Because that's the hardest thing is to be yourself at an audition. It's really hard. You usually come in, you're so scared. And then they're like, I don't want to work with this freak. You know, this person who's not comfortable in their own skin. So you had to kind of learn to be yourself. It's impossible. <laughs> Uh, now, the casting creator of Parks and Rec recently gathered for a 10th anniversary celebration at Paley Fest, uh-huh. which is this big television festival, and you wore a dress, a pink custom dress with treat yourself, your catchphrase, mm-hmm. uh, written all over it. Yes. Uh, was this your idea? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, and Treat Yourself obviously has become a huge um, Instagram hashtag, right? Yeah, 4.3 million people use that hashtag. Oh, yeah, it's pretty pervasive. I, I mean, it's pretty cool to, you know, be a part of the zeitgeist. Um, when it first started getting really, really popular, I would go to lunch with friends and I'd be like, if we check the hashtag Treat Yourself on Twitter... If it hasn't been said in seven minutes, I buy lunch. If it has, then you buy lunch. And I've never bought lunch. Never. I've moved it up to 14 minutes because it's been like five years. But, but probably in the last 15 minutes, somebody has tweeted it. That's right. Right. Exactly. So you didn't start uh, in acting school. You started, well, you worked as a chemist. Mm-hmm. And then you did Mm stand-up. So, first of all, I just want to know about that turn. Uh, Were you the funniest person in the lab? Were they all like, you have to go do (laughs) stand-up? Yes, I was the funniest person. I'd have been pissed if I wasn't. Um, So I was pre-med. I did not go to medical school. My mother would be very excited that people think I did. Um, I was taking a year off before medical school, but I was afraid to leave science. So Mm. I I got a job doing chemistry. And it was the first time that I'd lived alone. And so I already watched a lot of TV. And then when there's no one else to talk to, then that's all you do. Sure. And I was single. I was still in North Carolina. And I was like, you know, I could do this. And if there's a time to do it, do it now. And so that's when I decided um, that I wanted to get into television. And then, you know, my research, i.e. more TV watching, I... uh, (laughs) I knew I wanted to get into sitcoms. So I, I, I went to an acting class at the Raleigh Little Theater. It was like out of a, a bad movie. But I knew that all these sitcoms were headed by stand-up comedians. So that's why I started doing stand-up comedy. And so I did it for about a year in North Carolina. And then I drove cross-country with a friend to you know, try to make that... Hollywood thing happened. Amazing. Yeah. Tell me about this Comedy Central stand-up contest that you won. I, uh, so Comedy Central has a stand-up... Well, I don't think they do it anymore, but they had a, a stand-up competition every year. And this was their very first one. And right. I did it, and I got into the semifinals, and then to the finals, and then I won. And I, um, I won a car. I won um, a year's supply of Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was the best part. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was broke and hungry. <laughs> um, and then I won a spot on the New Faces Showcase at, uh, at Just for Laughs Okay, in so, uh, I mean, can you ever look at a Chalupa again? Oh, I'm, I'm about their tacos. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like the tacos. Did you bring friends in on that prize? Every once in a while, but I, no, I was broke. Yeah, so it was... So I needed those tacos. That's pretty exciting that you got a yeah. car, year of food, <laughs> and a prestigious spot. Yeah, well, the year of food was 365 
combo coupons. Okay. So I just got one coupon per day for free. Right. Yeah. But I use them all. <laughs> nice. I did use them all. <laughs> and then in 2018, very recently, you wrote a book called So Close to Being the <laughs> Y'all Don't Even Know. Yep. So close. <laughs> It's a collection of essays so about basically living your destiny, realizing your potential, mm-hmm. uh, which is obviously a huge part of your story, making bold decisions mm-hmm. in your career and in your life to get you where you want to go. So from where you sit right now, mm-hmm. what is your dream gig? Uh, well, I'm really happy right now um, working on Good Girls. I love playing a whole human being. Um, <laughs> yes. And I get to do drama and be funny as well. So that makes me really happy. I know that... Um, I, you know, I think most actors do this, whether they knew they wanted to do it or not. I know I want to produce. Um, I would love to, you know, have my own production company. And so I can kind of mold the things that I get to do and bring things for other people to do. I have a lot of friends who are actors who need work. So (laughs) I'd love to be able to give them work. That's very nice. Giving back. (laughs) Giving back. So yes, you currently play Ruby Hill on Good Girls. So in this show, you and two other moms who are financially pushed to their limits rob a grocery store for the betterment of your families. I got to say, I love the show. Uh, I love female antiheroes who are relatable. And I, I find it great that these kind of stories are prevalent right now on television. I find them empowering. Mm-hmm. I mean, am I drawn to this for the same reason you are? Uh, no, it, I mean, I, I thought it was interesting that they, you know, they're committing crimes. And I, because I was a little bit nervous about that part of it. Oh, interesting. I loved that she was a whole being, that was a woman who loved her husband. It was a black woman who loved her husband, loved her family, was going to do whatever she could, and they were just normal human beings. I wasn't playing a trope. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't stereotypical. It wasn't, I didn't have to have sass. If you see me with sass, it's because I added it. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's that kind of thing. And it was such a, a breath of fresh air for me to see a part that was written for me or, you know, written with me in mind where I wasn't playing, you know, a meter maid who had attitude and all she did was roll her neck. Right. That kind of thing. Right. I mean, people are comparing, um, you know, the the characters in this show to popular characters and right. anti-heroes like Breaking from Breaking Bad yep. or Thelma mm-hmm. and Louise. Uh, do you compare it to anything? Um, I don't mind being compared to Breaking Bad. Um, I yeah, that was a good show. It was great. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah. So I'm willing to accept that accolade. Um, <laughs> I what I like. One of my favorite shows is Sex and the City because I loved the friendships, the the love that the women had for each other, and I loved that they showed them fighting and getting over it. And I like that they show us fighting and getting, you know, like Ruby and Annie butt heads a lot. Yeah. And then they come back. They know that they love each other. They've been friends since they were kids. There's nothing that's going to break that bond. We hope. Oh. If you're caught up, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Retta, we love your Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. And specifically when you tweet about the television shows that you are obsessed uh-huh. with. Uh, by the way, what is your current television obsession? Everybody keeps asking me about Game of Thrones. Sure. And screw Game of Thrones. It. <laughs> well... Because the Red Wedding broke me as a human being. Mm-hmm. And then what really made me stop was when Joffrey, I hope y'all are caught up. <laughs> when Joffrey was killed, I jumped off my couch and said, yeah. Like, I've never cheered for the death of a child. The way I cheered for jo- Joffrey's death, and I, and I was like, you know what, this, this, this show is changing me as a person, and I don't like it. And so I stopped watching it. I just, I couldn't do it. It was just making me bad. Yeah, I didn't like me. I, I understand. <laughs> I didn't like me with Game of I Thrones. I understand. Okay, so we wrote a game for you called Tweet Yourself. Right. It's simple. <laughs> I'm going to read you one of your own tweets. Okay. You just have to guess what show you were tweeting about oh okay oh boy (laughs) and if you do well enough listener tabitha parchman from nashville tennessee is going to win and ask me another rubik's cube oh okay Uh okay so here we go this is your first one what's swooning what's fainting take it they haven't gotten hashtag crazy stupid love north of the wall yet (laughs) goslin will make you weak honey 
GOT? It is GOT. Yeah, Yeah, Game of Thrones. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yep. Perfect lead-in. I love that you were just talking about it. I'm like, you are going to talk about it again. Okay, how about this one? Whoa, so many hair standouts. (laughs) De Rossi's channeling Hillary 08 while Cyrus looks like he is in a hair transplant commercial. Oh, I remember this episode. Scandal. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) Okay, here's your next one. How is it these high school students drink bourbon like it's Sprite? Their palates aren't mature enough for that kind of fire water. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I want to say Vampire Diaries. Yeah, oh. that's what you want to say indeed. <laughs> but what, what were you going to say? Why did you doubt that? Um, only because there was a period where I was tweeting, I didn't watch Buffy when it was on. And that was, I was always talking about these high schoolers. Yeah. Fucking high schoolers, yeah. (laughs) Right. Hmm. (laughs) It's the next one about (laughs) Buffy. Okay, how about this? Wow, the miniskirt and knee-high boot budget must have been through the roof to say nothing about the Barrette collection. Oh, that's Buffy. Yeah. That's for sure Buffy. (laughs) Okay, here's your last one. Okay. Oh, my God, at Rejected Jokes looks like a hipster Waldo. I mean, is it Parks or is it? Yeah, it's Parks and Recreation. (laughs) At Rejected Jokes is the uh, Twitter handle for Ben Schwartz. That's right. All right, guess what? Congratulations. Retta, you and Tabitha Parchman both want to ask me another Rubik's Cubes. Well done. (laughs) Retta will be back later in the show to play another game. Give it up. For Retta, everybody. Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our next game is about sports teams. Remember, there is no I in team, but there is an I in I don't know anything about sports teams. Let's meet our contestants. First up, Anna Danzinger Halpern. You're a historian and adjunct professor. That's right. Fantastic. So, uh, do people always expect you know everything about all of history? Everything. (laughs) Everything about all of history? Everything. They'll just come up to me and say, oh, so do you know a lot about this one person in this one time, obscure situation? No. And you say no? No. Or I'll say, oh, yeah, that sounds interesting. (laughs) Fantastic. Anna, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Corey Whisk. You manage a stadium in New Jersey. You've been working there nine years, and you say you see something different every day. That's right. Okay, so what's something exciting that you saw recently? Well, we had a major event. Yeah? WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. Which was pretty interesting. Sure. Um, so I got to see a bunch of former professional wrestlers backstage. So that was new. Yeah. Did you shake hands with them? Or no, just kind of observed and just watched nerd them. out in the corner. <laughs> nerd out in the corner. Awesome. <laughs> Corey, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Remember, Anna and Corey, whoever has more points after two games will go to the final round. Let's go to your first game called Away Games. Many professional sports teams have names reflecting the history and culture of their city, like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sometimes professional sports teams move to a new city but keep their old name, even if it no longer makes any sense. So we're going to ask you questions about teams that have moved. You tell us the team name and where it plays now. Ring in to answer. Here we go. This basketball team was named in honor of Minnesota's thousands of bodies of water. In 1960, the team moved to a drought-prone city in Southern California. Anna. The Los Angeles Lakers. You got it. Yeah. New Orleans' rich musical heritage inspired this basketball team's name. But in 1979, the team traded Louis Armstrong for the Mormon Tabernacle Choir thus moving from the nation's biggest party to the nation's non-existent party. Corey. Utah Jazz. Yeah, that's right. In 2001, these mean brown bears migrated from the mountains of Vancouver to Tennessee, where only black bears live. Watching them on the basketball court, you'd think they're still in hibernation. Yeah, that's right, Anna. The Memphis Grizzlies? Yeah, that's correct. 
That's right. We just did an NPR sports burn. Yeah. <laughs> very uncharacteristic. It's very treatable. <laughs> In the late 1800s, this public transit-themed Brooklyn baseball team got its name from how good its fans were at jumping out of the way of electric trolley cars. The team moved west, and now most of its fans are stuck in traffic on the 110. Corey. The L.A. Dodgers. Yeah, that's right. Yes, I also learned that, that obviously when electric uh, train cars were introduced and everyone was used to trolley cars being drawn by horses, they all of a sudden had to jump out of the way. They weren't used to that. Right, because the horses would stop when they saw a person in the street. Right. Not the robot trains. No, not the robot trains. (laughs) Now it would be called the Brooklyn Subway is delayed due to train traffic ahead. (laughs) This Baltimore football team was named in recognition of the Preakness Stakes Thoroughbred Race. Then it moved to the home of the Indy 500, trading horses for horsepower. Corey. The Indianapolis Colts. That is correct. Sometimes a team moves to a city where its name makes more sense. Take this basketball team, founded in Fort Wayne, Indiana, where its owner ran a foundry that produced engine parts. They were firing on all cylinders when they drove up to the Motor City. Corey. The Detroit Pistons. That's right. Yeah. This is your last clue. This basketball team was named for the ballistic missiles developed on the super chill beaches of San Diego, but then it moved to Texas, where Mission Control calls the game. Anna. The Houston Rockets. That is correct. That was a very close game. Corey is in the lead. If you lettered in high school, not for athletics, but for the competitive crossword team, you should be on our show. Go to amatickets.org. Coming up, we have more of actress and comedian Retta. Retta began her career as a chemist, so she was always well-versed in blowing up. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Zoom. When you can't be there in person, Zoom. Zoom is used by millions to connect face-to-face across town or around the world. Share files, video, anything, and connect through any device, desktop, laptop, tablet, smartphone, or conference room systems. Zoom video conferencing, Zoom rooms, Zoom video webinars, and Zoom phone let you do business at the speed of Zoom. Visit Zoom online to set up your free account today. Meet happy with Zoom. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Comedy Central. Did you know that The Daily Show with Trevor Noah is also a podcast? Join the world's fakest news team as they cover the biggest stories in politics and pop culture. You'll get your news fix, plus extended interviews with amazing guests, and not to mention candid, hilarious, and Emmy Award-winning between-the-scenes conversations of Trevor with the audience. When the traditional news cycle brings you down, let The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition, bring you back up. Subscribe and listen every weekday. There's more to watch and read these days than any one person can get to. That's why we make Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. Twice a week, we sort through the nonsense, share reactions, and give you the lowdown on what's worth your precious time. Listen and subscribe to NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Anna and Corey. Soon they'll play a word game mashing up band names and occupations. Combined Mamma Mia with Macchiatos and you dancer Abarista. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. Let's check in with them. Anna, you are one of those people who love spoilers. I do. You read them? You consume I them? I get anxious if I don't know the end. And so I read spoilers before I watch an episode of a TV show sometimes. Wow. Or I flip to the last page of a book to see how it ends. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
It's a controversial habit. Yeah. Um, most people I know are like, why would you do that? You're ruining it. But yeah. I get to enjoy it without the suspense. And yeah. I like the way your brain works. Not going to lie. <laughs> Corey, there is an Easter tradition on your father's side of the family that you carry out every year, a competition called egg conking. That's correct. What is that? So everyone who comes to Easter dinner, everyone has an egg. They select their red, blue, green egg, whatever they want. Yeah. You have a conky, somebody holds an egg, and a conker, somebody hits the egg. We do a tournament-style bracket, and whoever's, <laughs> whoever's egg doesn't crack moves on to the next round until the end. And you hit one egg precisely on top of the yes. other egg. Now, what is the technique to, you know, do so things in your favor? Through the years, people have tried different things. Sure. You know, the color of the original egg, white egg, brown egg. Sure. Um, some Carter people shell. like to think temperature, so they try not to hold it too much, so it doesn't warm up. Uh-huh. We haven't done too much science, but... Okay. <laughs> and whoever wins, what do they get? There's a trophy. There's a trophy? There's a trophy. Not bad. I've yet to not see bad. it, so... Yeah, you've never... No. Okay. This might be your year. Maybe. This is a music parody slash word game. The answer to every clue is a musical act mashed up with a profession. For example, if I sang the song Rockstar with the lyrics changed to be about predatory lenders, you would answer Post Malone Shark. I know. Mashing up Post Malone and Lone Shark. (laughs) Sounds tough, but the points are doubled. Corey, stay in the lead, and you're in the final round. Anna, you need to get more points, or you have to accept an invitation to see our intern's band. (laughs) Just going to let you know the show starts at 1 a.m. Oh, gosh. And there is a $2 cover charge. Just ring in the answer. Here we go. Not gonna get rich. This is public school. Teachers don't even like you. No one thinks you're cool. You can rule with kindness or an iron fist. You're in charge of educating these kids. Corey, will that just be principal? It is principal, that's right. Don't stop thinking about the numbers. Don't stop thinking about the stats. Calculating uncertainty and risk. If they might die, you set the premiums high. (laughs) Corey. Fleetwood McCountant. That's a good guess, but yeah. that's not what we Very were looking close. for, Anna. I know the job, I think, uh-huh. is an insurance agent, mm-hmm. insurance adjuster. No. Sorry, that is, that is no. also incorrect. I'll stop you there. We were looking for Fleetwood Mactuary. Oh. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh. Oh, he should get it? Do you run a quiz show on public radio? <laughs> Here's your next one. I've seen the seven seas. I've seen the seven seas. I could hoist a topsail up in a minute. Batten down the hatches all in a minute. Baby, I need vitamin C. Please give that lime to me. Before all of my teeth fall out in a minute. You landlubbers shouldn't take for granted. Fresh fruits and vegetables. Anna. Beyond Sailor? <laughs> yeah, very fast. Very quick answer. That's correct. Here's your next one. I thought that your audition had a lot of drama and a lot of heart. But we saw a younger actress and we liked her better and gave her the part. Anna? Outcast director? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'll give that's okay. Outcasting director, that's okay. right. I fix grammar for my work. <laughs> fix grammar for my work. Bad grammar, it hurts. Corey. Right said Fredditor. Right said Fredditor, that's right. <laughs> For NPR listeners, those lyrics were the sexier version. <laughs> That's right. They're like, oh, finally, I understand this <laughs> yeah, song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel tingly. 
Sha-la-la-la-la-la-la Taxes <laughs> Anna Accounting Crows Accounting Crows, you got it How did they do, Afira? Anna eked it out and she is going to the final round Before our final round, it's time for us to play a game. Please welcome our special guest back to the stage from NBC's Good Girls, Retta. Okay, Retta, so you are a big fan of hockey. Yes. <laughs> I'm scared because I don't know a lot about hockey. It's okay. I love watching it. Yeah. But I don't know, Jack. That's... So, you're a fan of the LA Kings? Yes. Them Kings! <laughs> How did you get into enjoying hockey? Um, uh, the guy who ran the uh, Kings social media yeah. followed me. He was a Parks fan, he followed me on Twitter. And he liked that I live-tweeted shows. And so he tweeted me once and said, do you want to come live-tweet a hockey game? And I was like, bro, I don't know nothing about <laughs> hockey. You know? And he was like, that's perfect. You don't have to know anything. Just come tweet it. I was like, is there beer? He was like, yes. I was like, I'm coming. <laughs> and it was fun, right? Yeah, it was like, the most fun. Yeah. That's why I love it. So I will just say we are the same in the sense that as a Canadian, it's expected mm. that hockey is basically within my blood. And there right. is just some things I know through osmosis, but I don't know right. the game, but I like watching yes. it. And yes. So, Retta, mm -hmm. we are going to play a special hockey-themed edition of our game Fact Bag. Okay. So I have a bag of hockey trivia questions printed on envelopes. None of us, none of us know the answers. So I'm going to read a question. We're going to discuss it and just come up with some ideas of what we think the answer could be. Okay. And then I'll open it up and find out what the real answer is. Okay. All right. Most sports are divided into halves or quarters. Hockey has three periods. Yes. Why? More beer sales? I th you know, I think you might be onto something with the beer sales. Really? <laughs> yeah, I feel like you have two breaks in a show. Or a show or a in a game. Right. I, I like that right. you see it in terms of a show. Well, I'm already thinking ahead time. to what we should be doing here. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, right. But then everybody gets up and gets beer. You That's sell, you sell twice as much time. beer. Twelve. Yeah. I definitely throw them back during the, the intermission or whatever they call it. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's, for, it's for sales. It's not for the players. That's what we sure. think? Sure. Uh -huh. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Let's find out what the answer is. Dun, dun, dun. <gasps> Ice maintenance. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's right. Ice maintenance, they, they do call have it, the... but really, that's drinking. <laughs> ice <girls. laughs> yeah. Exactly. Two more ice cubes, please. <laughs> According to ESPN, before 1910, hockey was played in two 30-minute halves. At the end of each half, the ice was a mess, and it was affecting gameplay. So hockey changed to three 20-minute periods to increase the number of times the ice could be cleaned. By that's one. Well, yeah. <laughs> the Zamboni. It's all about the yeah. Zamboni. The Zamboni. <laughs> all right, here's your next one. Prior to a rules change in the early 1900s, what did hockey have in common with rugby? Well, they Maybe. used, to do, it, used to do it on grass outside. <laughs> <laughs> Could it be a, a helmet? Did they wear helmets in rugby? No. Audience says no. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a safety, <gasps> maybe gear, it's helmet, safety yeah. gear thing. Do they wear pads? Yeah, okay, so I feel like our with. general answer is like, it's a safety thing. Yeah. All right, let's find out. You weren't allowed to pass the puck <laughs> forward <laughs> on offense. Oh, boy. <laughs> Originally in hockey, only lateral or backward passes were allowed. Oh, that's a, right, that's a rugby thing, right? That is a rugby you thing. You run going... it forward, but you pass it back or lateral, yeah. Okay. Also helmets. Oh, our producer helmets. just told me that we were onto something because helmets used to be optional. Oh, oh wow! So we we accidentally got another fact. <laughs> we got another fact. That's the in nature the bag. of fact bag. <laughs> All right, this is the final one. In the mid '90s, what did the Fox Television Network experiment with to try to boost hockey ratings? Cheerleaders. <laughs> That's a <laughs> 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 That is a great idea. Why are there no cheerleaders? I don't know. 
right? Ice capades. That's why they put the, the ice girls in those half shirts, because there's no cheerleaders. Right, right. That's why they have them, because it's like something. Um, I think I know the answer to this. Oh, actually. you do? Yeah, because in Canada, we make fun of this. I believe Fox TV uh, felt that Americans could not follow the puck, and so they added a blue light oh, to God, the puck, hilarious. so oh. Americans could follow the puck and oh, maybe enjoy that's... the game. It's true. I can't follow it. It's very I just small. wait for everybody to cheer. I was like, oh, we scored. <laughs> uh, does anyone want to uh, challenge me on that? No, nope. I'm not going to challenge a Canadian on a exactly. hockey fact. Fox used augmented reality to make the puck appear to glow on television and change colors depending on how fast it was moving. <laughs> Uh, so, and the system used special hockey pucks that were embedded with infrared sensors to allow computers to track the puck. And according to Slate, surveys found that new hockey viewers loved it. <laughs> Existing hockey fans? Not so much. Hey, you did <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, our fact bag is empty. We have learned a lot of facts. Fantastic. Congratulations, Retta. Thank you for being part of our fact bag. Season two of Good Girls is on NBC Sunday nights. Everyone give it up for Retta. It's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalist, Katie Woksh, an accountant whose mom wanted her to be a lion tamer. And Anna Danzinger Halpern, who loves spoilers but doesn't know how this story will end. Katie and Anna, your final round is called Case in Points. Every answer is a word containing at least two of the highest value Scrabble letters, Q, X, Z, or J. These answers may or may not be valid Scrabble words, so play at your own risk. And our big winner will receive an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube signed by Retta. We rolled a 20-sided die backstage, and Katie is going first. Here we go. Katie. This 1994 film centers on the scandalous TV program 21. Network? Good guess. Sorry, that is incorrect. We were looking for quiz show. Anna, Mamma Mia, and Jersey Boys are examples of this type of musical built around pop songs. Three seconds. Um, mm, yeah. We're looking for jukebox. Katie, this word describes something foolishly impractical inspired by a Miguel de Cervantes novel. Quixote-esque? <laughs> we don't know if that's a word. Okay, we'll have to check with our judges. Quixote is the crux of it. They say we can take Quixote-esque. So... Correct. Anna, in baseball, this play involves a batter bunting to sacrifice himself and advance a runner on third to home plate. A sack fly? I'm sorry, that is incorrect. We were looking for squeeze play. Jonathan, how are our finalists doing? Well, so far, Katie's in the lead <laughs> with one point. <laughs> Katie, this chocolatier stars with Nicole Byer on the Netflix cooking show Nailed It. Jacques something French. Three seconds. It's not Cousteau. <laughs> Jacques, I don't know. Jacques Torres. Anna, in folklore, it's something that brings you bad luck or something you might yell if you and a friend say the same thing. Jinx. That is correct. Katie, it's a biblically named feminist news blog. Jezebel. That is correct. Anna, in 1969, Judy Shepard Missit created this workout combining dance and fitness. Jazzercise. That is correct. <laughs> All right, we're at the halfway point. Jonathan, how are contestants doing? Well, Anna has made up that gap. It is now tied two to two. Exciting. Katie, this Mediterranean daffodil is cultivated for its yellow or white fragrant, short-tubed, clustered flowers. It's not daffodil, so I don't know. <laughs> okay. We were looking for John Quill. Oh, I never would have gotten John Quill. Anna, in the United Kingdom, the government's chief financial minister is known as the chancellor of this. Exchequer. That is correct. 
Katie, from the French Cadav Rexy, this artistic form involves a series of collaborators separately adding to the same work. I don't know. <laughs> no answer? No answer. Okay. We're no looking idea. for exquisite corpse. Anna, in audio, EQ stands for this. Equalizer? Yes. Equalizer we can take. Well done. Jonathan, how are contestants doing? Well, Anna is now in the lead four to two. So, Katie, if you get this question wrong, Anna wins the game. Katie, this hard, shiny crystal mineral is used in making electronics and watches. It's not crystal. It's not diamond. Three seconds. It's, um... Mm. I don't know. (laughs) We were looking for quartz. So that means, Anna, you're a big winner. Congratulations, Anna. Thank you. And that's our show. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey, my name anagrams to bow to Cannon. Our puzzles were written by Camilla Franklin, Andrew Kane, Ruth Morrison, and senior writer Karen Lurie, with additional material by Kara Weinberger and Emily Winter. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal. Ask Me Other is produced by Mike Katzeff, Travis Larchuk, Kiara Powell, Nancy Seichow, Ramel Wood, and our intern, Sean Gold. Unleash Hog. Along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, David Hurtkin, and Jeff O'Neill. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm Harriet Begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Happy to hear you're still listening, and since you're still here, why not pop over to Apple Podcasts and write us a review? We love to hear from you, and it helps others find out about our show. For additional information about new episodes, upcoming live shows, road shows, and bonus games, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thanks. This is NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, from Netflix's She's Gotta Have It, actor Ilfinish Hadera. We ask her about attending the famed LaGuardia High School and about her new series, Godfather of Harlem. Then we put her music knowledge to the test with a quiz about hip-hop samples. So join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on NPR's Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions. 